0: This is mission.org.
1: The data that we have, it's really kind of the secret sauce of Ecolab. When you're looking at an operation from all those different aspects, the amount of data that we can bring to bear to really help people. Go back to a restaurant example, Are employees washing their hands? What are the observations that we had on how they're cleaning the actual dining room? What's the sensor data we're getting off their dish machine? Is it washing at the right temperature and all those things? And we can proactively alert the operators of those businesses in real time to help them avoid real problems and keep their customers safe. Data,
0: data, data. Data. That's the most important tool for nearly every marketer you speak with. And it's what you need to make sure your message gets to the right people. It's what you need to make the boss happy. Most importantly, it's what you need to make sure your customers are getting the best experience possible. Welcome back to Marketing Trends. This is Jeremy Bergeron. I'm your host. And today I'm chatting with Edward Fenton, the Vice President of Enterprise Platforms at Ecolab. Edward is what I would call an IT and just tech master. His job is to help Ecolabs collect every piece of information they can on companies to make sure that every level of customer experience is taken care of. Don't miss this episode. It's full of interesting information from a world you're probably not that familiar with. Let's get into it. of marketers say meeting customer expectations is more difficult than it was a year ago. How has this played out for you and the team at Ecolab? And what are you guys doing to tackle the consistent challenge of rising customer expectations?
1: Yeah, I I think that's interesting. You know, you start with people already have a base expectation of how they're going to interact with digital tools. Like we're all used to Interacting with things like Amazon in our private life. So that's already set the expectations fairly high. But then specifically for Ecolab, you know, we're a service business. Our business is a lot of having people on site, consulting, help solving problems. And then pandemic hits and all of a sudden we're not allowed to go on site anymore. So how do you maintain that personal relationship with a customer? And really understand what they're doing, and and have them remember you, that you're there, and have it do it. Like great example, um, our pest elimination uh, division doing service at night when no one's there, and then just leaving a piece of paper saying, "Here's the service that we had." So really how can you do a better engagement of saying here's a digital version a more interactive version of your service report highlighting some findings that we made or some suggestions for improvement and have more of a asynchronous conversation with your customer because you can't do it face to face in real time at least during that period
0: i love that example that's really cool i'm curious if other lines of business also had to pivot in the same way you know you said service based obviously you have to be there what are some of the other things that you guys did the pest example was fantastic, but other things that had to pivot kind of overnight to serve the customer in a, in a new way.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's all over the place, Uh, whether we're working in an industrial space, uh, you know, doing water treatment or even just in restaurants, right. Um, You couldn't be in there. So Ecolab, even outside of uh, e-commerce, we're doing some really innovative things with uh, virtual remote assistance. So how can we use things like Google Glass or HoloLens and FaceTime technology to say customers having a problem with their dish machine, It's, it's just not rinsing. How can we not go on site because we're not allowed to be on site? Have the customer actually show us what they're seeing on the controller, have us dial into the controller and trying to fix some of those things remotely, just really different and innovative ways to do it when you physically can't be there.
0: I love it. I feel like we could go down that rabbit hole. So we'll put a pin in that one. A lot of marketers, a large segment of marketers say that the the pandemic really changed their digital engagement strategy. What are some of the new strategies and kind of overall high level things your team has adopted over the past year and change?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know that it specifically changed any of our strategies. We were already on this digital journey. It's just an imperative. Companies like us need to do this. It really sharpened the need for it and accelerated it right? All of a sudden, things we thought we had 18 months to do, we've got to get done in three months because it's just now the reality. So that same idea of how can we shift transactions that can be self-service from a customer perspective, like placing orders, requesting service, downloading invoices, tracking shipments, all those basic things. How can we shift them online? How can we continue to be consultative and say, hey, here are insights that we're noticing about your business, problems that we're noticing. As an example, your your evening shift at the restaurant, they only ran two loads of dishes. That doesn't seem right. you know. Those sort of things and, and really highlighting those and then doing it in a way that provides a better experience for the customer than just defaulting to calling their sales rep. It has to be a preference for them. It's nothing that you're going to be able to force them to do. So all of those things were sort of in our mind. Now it was just pandemic hit. How can we do it so much quicker?
0: To me, you're serving these industries that need an answer yesterday, right? Especially these these ones that got hit really hard and have to completely change their business model to even really you know somehow survive. And here you guys are serving so many of them there's this like velocity of decision-making, you know, of like the solutions have to be there. You've kind of already got to be thinking about, you got to be thinking several steps ahead to continue to be in the leadership position that you guys are. And so what was that like? Do you feel like you guys and the team already established this core ability to move pretty quickly or did it shake up internally? And you then had to, cause to me, you didn't have much time, you know, you really got to move quick. So Yeah, and
1: it's a very old company and a a very traditional company in in some spaces. So we had to get comfortable with iterating very quickly. We had to get comfortable with making decisions with less than perfect knowledge, right? And we had to be comfortable that some of these things we're going to put out aren't going to work like we expected or are going to need to continue to be changed and do them in very, very quick releases. So it's very uncomfortable, but exciting at the same time.
0: Also, just for context as well, I mean, a lot of people that don't know Ecolab, Ed, they're they're going to inevitably Google the company, but just can you give our listeners kind of another marketing leaders just kind of the scope and size of Ecolab in terms of, you know, how big this, this business really is? Because I know you can look at the face of the business and think, oh, they're serving all these industries. But then I also see the data and the stories and the richness that you're that you have access to as another side of the business. But Tell our audience kind of like who EcoLab is. What's the deal with EcoLab? Because this is a beast in your world and not slowing down.
1: You know, it's interesting. It's it's one of those biggest companies that a lot of people haven't really heard of or really understand. But now that you've heard it, every restroom you're in, you're now going to see EcoLab soap dispensers. Every time you're in a hospital, you're going to see you know EcoLab sterilization and those sort of things. And and that's really where we are. EcoLab's focus is uh, you know trying to make sure we have safe environments. Right. So in hospitals, cleaning and sanitation, restaurants, cleaning and sanitation, especially during the pandemic, where cleanliness is, is now really a competitive advantage, um, making sure there's good food safety there. You'll see us in industrial applications of water treatment, of uh, making safe water and trying to preserve water, use less water in a world of increasing you know water scarcity. It's a really important mission there. And then, again, safe food really all about safety, health, cleanliness. So you mentioned the different industries. You'll you'll see us in hospitality. You'll see us in restaurants. You'll see us in hotels. You'll see us in healthcare, in a lot of hospitals, all the way up to large industrial sites, nuclear, water treatment, paper, all those sort of things.
0: Do you think that because you're already servicing these industries, you are already poised for something like the pandemic?
1: I think so, One of the things that's interesting about Ecolab, the customer may have done business with, say, the institutional business, which, uh, you know, maybe they're a restaurant, they're buying, you know, cleaning and sanitation and those sort of things. They might not even be aware of the scope and breadth of other offerings that Ecolab can bring to bear, right? So do you have pest elimination services? Yeah, of course we do, right? Do we have uh, services that can help inspect and train their employees on good hand hygiene and good cleanliness standards and come in and audit to make sure that, yes, we do, right? So they may have done business with just a very, very small sliver of Ecolab. And and that's one of the real opportunities here in, in something like that. How can you smartly suggest to them other products and services that Ecolab offers that would be helpful for them? You mentioned the data that we have it's really kind of the secret sauce of EcoLab. it's when you're looking at an operation from all those different aspects right the amount of data that we can bring to bear to really help people again go back to a restaurant example our employees washing their hands what are the observations that we had on how um, they're cleaning the actual dining room what's the sensor data we're getting off their dish machine is it washing at the right temperature and all those things and we can proactively alert the operators of those businesses in real time to help them avoid real problems and keep their customers safe.
0: Yeah, that, and that kind of visibility for, you know, a business owner at that level and you like, as a partner is just incredible. You talk about creating stickiness with a, a segment, right? I mean, providing that level of support. And the business intelligence around that data is like saving the impact of that is huge in a restaurant or, you know, a hospital, et cetera. So that's invaluable. Um, And just to your point, it seems like it puts you at the table to have more than just one conversation about one thing. It's how do we really holistically, you know, serve these industries and go deeper. And it sounds like maybe the past couple of years have allowed, you know, the team at Ecolab to go deeper with folks and really provide solutions even better, which is incredible. I feel like it's going to be easy to nerd out on all the stuff that you're up to there, but I want to give some folks some context, Ed. Um, just kind of about yourself and your background, because, you know, inevitably everyone that comes on has a really interesting kind of twists and turns. And, you know, I've seen a couple things based on your LinkedIn, but I just want to hear kind of your version of like how you ended up at Ego Lab. When did that dance kind of start? And then just some of the more exciting things you had a chance to work on there, because it sounds like you're getting exposed and influencing a lot of really cool things.
1: You know, I've I've definitely had a, a very non-traditional path in, into my current career. At the start, I was an art student, right? Fine arts and art history and photography and those sort of things. So I, I'm completely removed from uh, what I thought I was going to be doing. But I started my professional career in the chemical wholesale distribution industry and uh, really on the operation side. Operations, warehousing, logistics transportation, those sort of things. I, I was a plant manager for a lot of years. And like a lot of business people in enterprise, I kind of made my my vector into IT through uh, ERP implementation, an SAP project, right? So taking those process experts from the field and putting them onto the SAP projects. And then I just never left IT. So over the course of my IT career now, I've I've worked in the SAP space, infrastructure. BI, business intelligence and reporting, CRM, uh, running Salesforce instances, and then most recently in e-commerce on a whole variety of platforms, including what used to be IBM WebSphere Commerce, and now Salesforce B2B Commerce. So that was what I was doing. My previous company, I was doing largely the same job that I'm doing here at Ecolab. But then when you have the opportunity to move to Ecolab, right? And now all of a sudden you're working at this scale with this much data, with this chance to make an impact. I absolutely jumped at the chance. Came over to Ecolab uh, in the position I'm right now. And uh, basically I'm responsible for delivery of their customer self-service and uh, e-commerce portals, which we call Ecolab Connect.
0: So talk about some of the things that you've just been involved in, in changing and shifting when it comes to the e strategy with how customers engage, interact. What are some of the things that you've changed, maybe kept the same from the earlier days? Because it seems like that space is, wow, you could be doing a lot of things with AI and machine learning. And what are some of the things you, you have worked on and are working on regarding the e portion of the business at Ecolab?
1: Yeah, for sure. When I joined Ecolab, and it'll be three years this Friday, actually, When I joined Ecolab, they had uh, 44 different customer portals, and this is sort of what happens when you have a business that is historically very divisional and has grown up through acquisitions, right? So everyone had their own portal. It's a very disjointed experience. Um, there were five different e-commerce sites. So really the, the big change has been, how do we provide a, a single one Ecolab experience? And that one Ecolab experience is going to be Ecolab Connect, as I, I mentioned. So what we've done, first and foremost, we we had to rebuild the platform from scratch to make sure that it was on a foundation that we knew could scale to all of our businesses, all of our geographies globally. Uh, We'll be moving into Western Europe uh, towards the end of the year, Asia-Pacific and those sort of things. So when you're operating at that scale, it's a much uh, different proposition. And then, you know, you had to start with building the basics. People expect certain things. Like I said, Amazon has trained everyone on what a site needs to have. So we took about 12 weeks to kind of build that MVP, that minimum viable product. And then we've been iterating. And now we're onto the fun stuff. You mentioned AI, One of the real joys about working at Ecolab, it's a manufacturing, it's an R&D company. We We have a real science focus and we got a huge data science group. So to be able to tap into that, to really drive those insights I mentioned, right? those food safety insights and use Connect as a portal to expose those to the customer, and then not only just tell them they have a problem, but how to solve it. Say, hey, it looks like you haven't bought a surface sanitizer with a COVID kill claim. It's probably important for your business. Here, let's connect you with one. Or even if it's, hey, it looks like you're having a problem with hand hygiene. Here's a connection to our Lobster Inc. platform, which is an in-depth training platform for their business. Right? Say, we had this problem, here's the solution. That's been the most interesting thing of how do you bring that knowledge and and power of Ecolab to bear to help those customers.
0: With those five portals, was it kind of taking the best of a couple and then just making one to rule them all sort of a thing? Or was it just, hey, these are legacy. Let's just scrap these five. We're going to just build one core piece of technology and then start using that. What was that like?
1: Yeah, they they were all serving a different purpose for a different business. So it's really more about taking the valuable features that you want to continue, rebuilding them, but in an enterprise context, right? Of You know, you get this great realization that every business had a process and a tool to deal with what we call corrective actions. It's where we notice something on a customer's site that they have to detail or correct, and we give them a list and we let them mark it out. But everyone did it differently, right? So now getting that customer, getting that real realization that no, one of your actual customers could be interacting with different divisions. They don't want to have a different experience going through that. So as much as possible, being the same where possible, different when necessary. But all that capability was valuable. It just had to be ported over in in a more extensible way.
0: Did the customers just like, really appreciate the Ecolab Connect, that, that portal, kind of the one portal to rule them all. Was that just like finally an answer to their prayers? Or has it been a process of educating them now of like, this is what you actually want? Or is this a kind of a combination of listening to them, creating what they've always wanted, and here we are?
1: Yeah, it's a little bit of both. When we started, you know, it's one of those, you don't really need a lot of customers to tell you what a base e-commerce site has to do, right? So you can kind of run a little bit faster there, but then we start doing, you know, the voice of the customer research, doing out with prototypes. And, And now we are really hearing from those customers of, yeah, they're, they're really embracing this vision. They're helping it adjust it. But the other thing that's been really useful for us is we started by putting our sales reps on it and they're intimate. They're the ones servicing that customer today. So that's got the benefit of them trying it out, you know, working out the kinks before you put it in front of customers. But it also really convinces them that you have a platform that works. If they're not confident in the platform, they're not going to put their customers on it. If they don't think it's better than how they're going to service the customer, they're not going to put their customers on it. So that also really helped to get the reps to really want to go out there and sell Connect as a solution to their customers.
0: Yeah, it seems kind of like eating your own dog food, kind of, you know, like letting everyone yeah experience it first. And, and also those are the folks that are communicating with the customers. So what a great, that's a great option there. You mentioned something about just kind of driving adoption earlier. And I want to just circle around to that and just kind of get your thoughts on that. You said driving adoption to, was it driving adoption internally or driving adoption with your customers? I mean,
1: I think it has to be both. As I mentioned, those sales reps are the first one you wanted to get on. They're a little easier because you know, you can say, this is how you're doing this thing now. Um, But in order to get those customers to be adopted, I really can't stress and underline enough how important it was for a business like Ecolab. Whose traditional go-to-market model is outside sales to have those outside salespeople on there and on your side, being in front of customers, being able to demo the tool to them and do that. We've tried all sorts of different things from adoption. You know, you could do the traditional marketing campaigns and drip journeys with email. We get about a four percent conversion on those sort of things. The the best, most impactful one is that person who already has a relationship with the customer going, let me show you this cool thing and how this is going to help you.
0: Is there kind of a favorite campaign you have uh, that was orchestrated in the past year to be like a voice to the customer and let them know all these amazing things you guys were doing? Was anything that you can recall? I'm sure there's a lot of stuff going out, but favorite campaign in the past year?
1: Our core campaigns are really more organic. They're really more about arming those sales reps with collateral and having them do it. So it's less about these sort of large, big campaigns going out than it is about more organic kind of marketing through the sales reps.
0: Are there kind of two buckets of customers where one is the the office manager or the building manager? Is that the customer or is it the janitorial service provider locally that's going to these places and doing the cleanings in the hospitals, et cetera? Who's the customer or the core customer for Ecolab?
1: All of them. We have so many different personas that we're dealing with here, right? It's if you're in a manufacturing facility, if you're talking about pest el- elimination, it probably is more the operations manager. But then if you're talking about e-commerce, it's probably more on the procurement side. And then as you go through restaurants, as an example, you get these you know, different structures. You get the large national chains, right? So you, you sort of have the corporate level that you need to speak to, but then it's the units as well. And then you get, you know, these other restaurants where it's the chef, like they're in charge of everything, right? So that's the person that you're talking with. So we're really dealing with very many personas. How do you tailor and customize your offering to satisfy each of them? It's really a tricky challenge.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of voices that are in their own world is important, right? I mean, they don't know about each other necessarily outside of their segments, but you've got to be able to serve them. Yeah, equally and provide as much value. Also, and it can be a lot of a lot of different opinions about what's important. So balancing that's got to be really interesting. You're doing it well, clearly, you know, at a $12 billion a year revenue run rate. But that sounds like it would be and could be challenging to kind of be relevant all the time and make sure we're hearing the right customer, you know, above all the noise.
1: One of the most interesting things that I'll, I'll tell you I, I didn't expect, one of the benefits for those large chains, those corporate accounts sometimes we can give the corporate office better data about what their individual units are doing than what they have internally. And we also have a way to essentially enforce compliance if they're supposed to be buying these certain set of products, right? So uh, really helping that corporate level customer as well, that's a benefit I didn't expect.
0: Mm, That's cool. I love it. Um, Let's do the lightning round and have some kind of some fun questions for that. For those of you who are listening and, you know, curious about who sponsors this show, how is marketing trends even possible? Well, it's possible by our friends at Salesforce. Salesforce, if you think about marketing and engagement, that's Salesforce. So they bring marketing and engagement together. If you want to learn more, head over to salesforce.com forward slash engagement. Today, we've got Ed Fenton on from Ecolab. Ed, first question in the lightning round is a doozy, texting or talking? Oh, texting. I'm having a hard
1: time talking through this.
0: <laughs> You've done great, man. What do you love and appreciate about yourself? Kind of focus on my team, right?
1: None, none of this is possible with, without uh, a lot of smart people that are able to build this. And they're the most important asset and the only reason why I've been able to be successful. So looking out for them is, is sort of my biggest uh, worry.
0: I like that. Okay. What's your favorite day of the week?
1: I would have to be Saturday.
0: <laughs> okay, nice. What's your favorite city in the U.S. besides the one you live in? Seattle. Seattle. Okay. Now, this one's been a doozy for a lot of people. Let's see. What was the last film you've seen in a theater?
1: That would have to be the latest Spider-Man.
0: Okay. All right. Would you rather be able to speak to animals or speak every language in the world?
1: Animals. All day. Every day.
0: Not enough people choose that one, but I like that one.
1: You're not speaking to enough introverts then.
0: (laughs) Uh, What's your favorite holiday? Uh, Halloween. Okay. We share that one. I agree. Favorite live concert?
1: Okay. So, uh, show off my Canadian roots. Uh, The Tragically Hip.
0: Okay. Okay. Please fill in the blank. Something wise your elders taught you was? Manners. Can't go wrong. Would you prefer invisibility or super strength? Invisibility. Is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers?
1: Uh, Yeah. No food with a face.
0: Okay. If you weren't in engagement at Ecolab in the leadership position, you that you're there, if you weren't doing the things you're doing now at Ecolab, what would you be doing?
1: Oh, I'd be back in fine art photography.
0: What is your least favorite marketing buzzword?
1: So not being in marketing, I've got the thing of I despise all marketing buzzwords. I can't pick one.
0: Okay. That's a fair answer. And last question. What would you go back and tell your younger self about being a leader?
1: It's all about the people, it's all about the team and leveraging their individual strengths instead of trying to just push things through with brute force and ignorance. Got to be more of a team sport.
0: I love that. Was that was that modeled for you at Ecolab before Ecolab? Like where does that come from because I think that's super important and that's a clear distinction the mark of a one mark of a really good leader is is just that, but where did you learn that?
1: I mean, I think I only learned it in the last year. You know, my my background again being more more operations, it is more command and control, and it, it's just taken this this journey to you know say how can you try and make a more inclusive space and a, a safer space for people to bring their ideas and do their best work. Not totally good at it yet, but getting there.
0: Well, you're definitely getting there, my friend. Um, this has been an exceptional conversation. We've loved having you on the show, man. Thanks so much for being here. And before we wrap, is there anything that you want to share with just marketing leaders? You know, we have a lot of CMOs and heads of marketing that come on and and like you are really, you know, engaged with customers and how do we connect with them? And so I just felt like you have a lot of key learnings at Ecolabs or anything you would just share with marketing leaders kind of across the Fortune 500 and that are in different industries and serving their customers. What would, you, what would you share to those with those folks?
1: I don't think it's anything profound Take your direction from speaking to actual customers, especially in the e-commerce space. People get into them and it's sort of a selfish proposition. I want to move all my orders online so I don't have to have customer service reps anymore. Your your customer doesn't care. That's not their problem, right? So really thinking about, again, that customer lens, putting that customer first. Again, I know it's not earth shattering, but it's easy to forget. You know, and it, it sounds real trite and obvious when he first says it but as you think about it more right we're not doing b2b or b2c we're doing business to human right and thinking about and really empathizing with that person that's on the other end and, and what they need and want from your product it's a lesson that we we just can't forget
0: wise words from ed fenton appreciate you being here ed thanks for coming on marketing trends man good luck the rest of the year and we'll definitely stay connected
1: awesome thank you for having me